Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Deep Roots Forward Thinking, the podcast series hosted by the Young Lockwood Sour team at UBS here in Houston. I am your host, Liz DeMontron. Delighted to be here um, today again with my partner, Barry Young, his second or third time on the podcast. Third time. Thanks for having third me time. back. Yes. No, the podcast loves Barry and Barry loves the podcast. <laughs> so we're glad to have him back. So today, Barry and I are sitting in our UBS offices in our podcast studio. It is March 2022, which is a really interesting and and pretty exciting time. You know, over the past two years, we've had these events and these gatherings that are so beloved, so well attended over the past decades for a long period of time that we've had to put on pause for the past two years. But now, like... A few weeks ago, my husband and I went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, which was back full throttle. The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is currently taking place, and there were record numbers of people who attended on Saturday. I think it was 135,000 through the gates. One event that I am very excited about is the U.S. Men's Clay Court Championship, which is the tennis tournament hosted here in Houston at River Oaks Country Club. So we are ecstatic today to be joined by the tournament chair, Cynthia Adkins, and the tournament director, Bromwyn Greer. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thanks for having us, Elizabeth. Looking forward to it for sure. This is great. This is going to be so much yes, fun. It We're is. looking forward to finally celebrating the tournament. Yes. And as a reminder for all the listeners, the tournament is taking place April 2nd through 10th here at River Oaks Country Club in Houston. Barry, before we turn to our guest, do you have anything you want to say about the yeah, event? Sure. UBS's um, partnership? Well, thank, thank you both, Cynthia and Bromley, for joining us and speaking on behalf of UBS and Liz and myself and the team and just about everybody else that I've run into, you know, in the last couple of months as we get closer to the kickoff for the tournament, there's a wellspring of excitement that's coming and uh, it's palpable. And whenever subject of the tournament comes up, I love to promote it, really looking forward to the prospects. And in light, I'm just going to jump in and I went back and looked. I was a ball boy in the tournament in 1979. And as uh, I saw on the website, <laughs> the winner, and I don't maybe I remember a little bit, but the winner of the tournament was Jimmy Connors in 1979, which I thought was pretty Isn't amazing. That something? You know, so I guess I wanted to start there with a little history. And maybe, Bronwyn, you can kind sure. of uh, give us a a little bit of background, but looking on the website at some of the past winners, it's a remarkable lineup of players who were probably very early in their career, I guess, by that standpoint. So maybe give us a little brief history of the tournament, you know, segue into uh, who we can expect to see this year. Sure. It is pretty crazy for someone who wasn't involved in tennis up until 15 years ago to look back at that list of legends, if you will, who have played at River Oaks. I think we look at some of those and they play at River Oaks and then they go on to their next big thing. You know, Roger Federer has played there. Alexander Zverev has played there. Rod Laver, Roy Emerson. And some come back and win multiple years in a row, but most of those guys go on to the next big step of their career, which yeah, is Connors, pretty impressive to see. Connors beat Yvonne Lindell. Yes. <laughs> to move on yeah. to the finals. It really is a named list of, of who's who in tennis. And we last year we actually put up a, a champions board outside the stadium that lists all the winners. And one of the players we had in 2019, he actually was our semifinalist, or finalist, I apologize, Casper Rude. His dad won the tournament 
years ago. And so he could come in and point at his dad's name on that board. And then he went on to be our finalist. And now he's ranked number eight in the world and will be back this year to play again. So we're, we're super excited to welcome him back. But just that tradition and the history behind it is pretty cool to see. Are your kids ball kids or were they ever? Did no, they carry that they didn't, on? They didn't, pack, they didn't pick up the torch, <laughs> I'm sad to say. But Fun they fact, do love to attend. You were a ball kid before I was even born. Thank you, Thank you for that. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But it just goes to show you the longevity of this Podcast tournament. Podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> We're cutting that part out. Yeah. Since 1931, River Oaks has had a tournament, and Cynthia can talk a little bit more about it from the club perspective. It is truly an impressive history. But yeah, ball kids a, go through families generation after generation. Tickets go through families generation after generation. You don't see that everywhere. Yeah, and as Liz D alluded, you know, we've all missed these grand events that we become accustomed to attending you know, in a lot of ways it, you know, define our communities. And this is certainly one of those events, but I think we've been suspended for two years. And the last time that happened was the war. It was. World war II. Yeah, exactly. 1,084 days. That's yeah. the time between when we hit a ball, Christian Guerin went down to his knees and then to his stomach. He was so excited to win. And then the first ball that we hit in 2022 will be 1,084 days since that time, which is that kind of number makes you really put it in perspective, but we are beyond excited to get it back and, and have people back fill the stadium. We just got an email today from someone asking if they can have two tickets for the rest of their life to give you an idea of, of what people want. So it is the level of excitement really is there, but Cynthia, go ahead. You know, you can talk about it a little bit from the club perspective. No, the tournament originated in 1931 and the club held its first tournament Every year since then, as Ronwin was saying, except for World War II and then, of course, now the pandemic. But we're the longest-running professional tournament on the same surface and in the same location in the U.S., which is, I think, remarkable wow. to know that. But River Oaks International Tournament joined forces with the men's clay court in 2008 to become the ATP event that we are now. We've had such names as Roger Federer, Roy Emerson, and Rod Laver, and as you said, Barry, Jimmy Connors. I mean, that, that really is going <laughs> back there. We've all played over the years. We're also one of the only events to award a sportsmanship trophy, which has been awarded since 1957, and it's called the Langston Trophy. But both River Oaks families and community members have had season tickets for decades, and it is a really tough ticket to secure in town. As Bronwyn said, we had someone just call that wants two tickets, and we're, we're not for so life. sure that, we can, that we're going to be able to accommodate that. But you were talking about being a ball boy. My kids were ball children, and, and, and it's just fun. And we also, there was a tradition in which the players would stay in members' homes. And so we were fortunate for three years to have the same player, and his name was Hugo Armando. Oh, he's the nicest. And he was the nicest person. I mean, he would go in my son's room and play video games with him. I mean, he was just the greatest guy ever, and he ended up being a champion. He was. The last year. It was, I think it was he 2007. It. He cheered yeah. it because it got mm -hmm. rained out, and they right. had to push it. Hugo was the greatest guy, but I really do want to encourage everyone to come out and enjoy this long-term and long-time tradition in Houston. It, we do keep up that great. tradition still of players staying in private homes. There are some that still do that, and they it's just such a neat thing because it really gives the families who are hosting them a different perspective, and they get to know the player as a person, not just the professional who's out on the court. So it, it really, truly does make it feel like 
it's your event. It is a community event and you're taking part and you have some sense of ownership to it rather than I just bought a ticket to some stadium that's hugely massive and I don't know anyone or don't know who the players really are. This really puts it in perspective that you get to know these guys on a personal level. It's, well, it's and very our kids neat. did. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, they really took an interest in yeah. it and they were ball boys at the same time, but they really took an interest in it because they were following Hugo's. Yeah career. We had one family who hosted for, they hosted James Blake and his brother for, I think, eight or 10 years. I mean, their kids still keep in touch with them. John Isner just got married a few years ago and the family he's stayed with now for the last 10 years went to the wedding. I mean, it just, it goes to show you that they're people too. So while they are the professional player, it's a person out there and they're gunning for the win as much as the next Mm -hmm. guy. Unlike other tournaments, I mean, and I don't have a lot of experience, but maybe you do, but they're like around campus the whole, you know, mm-hmm. time. They're walking around. They're yep. hanging out when they're not playing and very approachable. Absolutely. And, you know, what else about the community engagement sticks out in your mind? You know, I think it comes back to we've always been a part of the community. That's something we pride ourselves on is giving back and finding ways to do that. Really struck when Hurricane Harvey struck. We had players reaching out asking, how can we help? I was in New York at the time for meetings at the U.S. Open, and you could see the devastation that was hitting Houston and everyone there saying, you know, are things okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm here. You know, I I can't tell. And when I was finally able to get back, the follow-up from players and their agents just saying, how can we help? What do you need from us? And knowing that tennis is near and dear, obviously, to, to the tournament's heart, we wanted to find a way to give back specifically to the tennis community. And one of those ways is partnering with our local NJ. So it's the National Junior Tennis and Learning Foundation. It's part of the USTA, teaches kids not only tennis, but also life skills, reading. There's educational components to it. But a lot of these kids play on, we have 40 different community parks around the city that the program takes place in. And as you can imagine, the flooding that sustained during Harvey did significant amounts of damage to those courts. And so we took in funds from some of the players and donated that to the NJTL. And with that, they were able to resurface two of the courts at Sunnyside Park here in Houston. And to see the next year when it was done and take these guys back out, a five foot, six foot something, John Isner high-fiving a kid who's maybe three feet tall. Like you just don't, there's just something about that that kind of tugs on the heartstrings. And when I took the players out, I had shown them pictures before of what the courts looked like. They thought they were clay courts because of the way the ground looked. And in reality, they were hard courts. And the cement and the concrete had just crumbled and sustained so much damage that it was something to be seen. And so for those kids to come back out and see a brand new court, new fencing, new lights, all of the above, it gives them the onus to want to go out and play again. And without those kids going out and playing, you don't have the next generation of tennis. So it truly was to see that level of pro player from our event and combine that with giving back to the community to the kids who need it the most, it's something to see. And for us is a huge point of pride that that's the players that we're bringing in are that type of human that want to be able to give back. So from a tournament perspective, we donate back to NJTL every year. That is something we continually do. We're looking to resurface another set of courts this year. We volunteer with them in the summer. Our tournament volunteers volunteer with them. So it really is the tennis community at large. It's not just about the pro event, but it's really a a year-round thing for us. And are we still doing the ticket give back. <laughs> we sure are. Like we said, you know, somebody wants tickets for life. That might be their avenue. <laughs> it, it is a tough ticket to get. We started the ticket turn back. I'm lucky enough to travel for my job. I saw it at Wimbledon and there, as you can imagine, is a very tough ticket to get. We've been likened to them just in environment and atmosphere, which I think is 
pretty cool for us. But they do a turn back program. And it's, you know, if somebody leaves for the day, they've came for a couple hours and they're leaving, they can turn their ticket back in. And the proceeds, they resell the ticket to somebody else to be able to come in. There's that big long ticket queue they have outside of their grounds. And then those proceeds are donated back to a charity. So we adopted the same program here. Actually, coincidentally, another hurricane when Ike went through years ago, and all the proceeds went to the Hurricane Ike Gulf Coast Relief Fund. That was how we initially started it. And since then, we've donated over $300,000 from that program over the last, well, since it was 2008 or nine when we started that. It's been a successful program. It does help get more people into the stadium. It gives more people the opportunity to buy a box seat that might not be available otherwise, or even just to get on the grounds. You know, our weekend is already sold out. So having a program like the Ticket Turnback program in place gives us the opportunity to continue to get other people in. So. Right. Good. Good. Program. Get your tickets if you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the tennis, it looks like there's a pretty good lineup coming. Definitely. And I wanted to ask, other than the environment, the players, you know, seem to like to come here. But why is clay court special? <laughs> mm-hmm. I wore a shirt the other day. It's actually one of the shirts we're selling this year, and it says "A little dirt never hurt." Yeah. I think there's something to it. It just. Not everyone is a fantastic clay court player. And so when these guys get out on the dirt, it's something special to see. They slide a little further. I mean, I've seen guys do the splits, which just is crazy. But I think there's just something about it that it is. it sets it apart. For us, we are the first clay court event of the season. And so it really gets these guys ready for going over to Europe to compete in Monte Carlo, Barcelona, and ultimately leading up to the French Open. It gives them a chance to do that in their home for a lot of them in their home country or a place they've already been for six weeks. You know, most of our guys are coming to us from Indian Wells, Miami. It's a good kind of cap, if you will, to to finish off their time in the U.S. before going overseas. But our field this year is definitely, I couldn't be more excited about it. We have nine guys inside the top 50, which for us is huge. It's been a while since we've done that well. We just got our list today. Actually, we have 10 different countries represented as well, which is fantastic. I mean, to have more than just an American field is, is helping. It just creates that worldwide presence for you with the different countries represented. But with nine inside the top 50, our lowest ranked player is 100 in the world. So we we really try are truly improving every year. This year, as I mentioned earlier, with Casper being ranked inside the top 10, it's definitely a field to remember. The tennis no question is going to be fantastic. The reason that we have the feel that we have is you can note the enthusiasm that Bronwyn has and the love that she has for the sport and this tournament. And we were very fortunate to have Bronwyn. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks, Cynthia. You know, the stadium is, is not near, you mentioned Wimbledon, it's not near the scale. No, <laughs> definitely know? not. I no. mean, but there is, as you know, we mentioned earlier, that there's that sense of tradition. Yeah. People get dressed up and, you know, it's an event. It is. All week. You get to the, walk on the court yeah, if you're in a front say, row box. That right. doesn't happen anywhere else in the it's world. It's not a huge stadium, but its immediacy is felt. You're very close to the players. and <laughs> You can hear it when they're spitting, yeah. when they're swearing. <laughs> you, you're really getting an up-close yeah. and personal There's feel. An intimacy and it doesn't there. matter where yeah. you are in the stadium. You feel that way. Even if you're in the top row, you still you just feel close. And that's what everybody wants. You want to feel close closer to the play and like you are being given that kind of upfront and close experience. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that I'm the world's biggest tennis fan, but when you're there in the proximity of those type of athletes, it's 
just yeah. compelling, you know, to watch them move. It's just really remarkable. And, you know, from, you know, my vantage, it doesn't seem like there's another venue like that. There's honestly not. There's only one or two other tournaments that get played at a private country club. And ours is unique in the fact that it's also outdoors. And so while it, when something is outdoors, but also has the capability to make you feel like it's that kind of intimate setting, you're not finding that in many places at all. And so for us, that's, that is pretty unique. But like you said, the, the talent and the strength behind these players, the, the sheer awe-inspiring plays that you get to see, whether it's a between-the-legs hit or some amazingly quick serve that just manages to sneak by somebody's head in the crowd, you know, those kind of things, you don't get that anywhere else. And the event, you know, it always struck me how, what a global event that it is. And it's going to be televised. It is, yes. ESPN3, which we are very excited about. So Not the Tennis Channel. Not the, the Tennis e Channel. Okay. We compete with Charleston. We're the same week. Right. And oh, okay. they have a full broadcast on the women's side. And so for our perspective and for our fans, we didn't want to go backwards and have just a few hours on TV. So we are the full live broadcast from first ball to last ball, Monday to Sunday. We'll be on ESPN3. You just log in with your existing cable provider. It's not a pay-to-play, which is great. Mm -hmm. It means you can just log in and you're ready to go. It's over 110 countries internationally, though, that it gets broadcast to, which I think is pretty amazing that, you know, our little club is going out to that many people in the world. It is something to be proud of, to know that that many people are watching what you're doing and what you're putting on. A little bit of pressure from our end to make sure that things are perfect. But like you said, people dress up. It's an event. They're so coming you're, you're out upholding to, the to something. International standards yeah. and Texas standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Huh. Tough crowd. Yeah. So it is with over 110 countries watching, just something to be said, you know, put that extra special hat on your head or, you know, wear that pretty dress that you haven't taken out of your closet now in two years, like Liz said. Now's the time. Let's make it special and, and make it something we can all be proud of. Yeah, well, just in my case, I hope my dress fits. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to maybe finish uh, on like the experiential part of it, you know, and maybe that's a good segue for like food and drink, you know, and the social atmosphere there, which has always been engaging. I wanted. I mean, Cynthia, you're a longtime ticket holder. You said your yeah. kids were ball kids. I think you go ahead. This year will be a little bit different because our pool is being remodeled. And so all of our events will be out on the member lawn. The Tootsie Style Show will be out there. The member the area where the members could go and get a beverage by the pool will also be on the member lawn. We'll have the Good Company tent will be there again. They've talked about some food trucks that will be out along the periphery of the member lawn to where there'll be different food items and so forth. It's just really going to be fun. We're just hoping for great weather. We know we're going to have great weather <laughs> and it's just going to be fun. So no matter what, just come on out and enjoy the experience. For us, it is, we're putting on a show. I mean, it's like you said, it is an event. There's tennis happening, which is really why we're all there, but ultimately bring your family out, bring your kids out, get a ticket. It is something to be seen and, and be seen at. It's a lot of fun. It's good for everybody. You know, kids from the very little to up to teenagers are still ball kids and they still enjoy it just as much. So I think the adults enjoy it probably to a little bit of a different level <laughs> when it comes to the food and beverage, but it's exciting. Like we said, it's been a long time coming and we're very glad to be back and be looking forward to it. And to hear that the level of excitement is this high with everybody is awesome. You know, we have the exhibition match in September, and I think that was an example of how often 
People were ready to get out. They're yeah. ready to see tennis. People were so excited. It's hot as blue blazes, but I'm telling you, it didn't <laughs> it matter. Yeah, it was really, really fun. So I expect this to be the same. Yeah, I Sam really Query do. sweat right through the first shirt he was wearing that day, and mid between matches was like. Remember that shirt you offered me earlier? Can I get it now? (laughs) It was quite warm, but we are, like Cynthia said, we hope for perfect weather in April. The rain that's happening today is, you know, what you'll not see then. So You can't plan on the weather. So with the construction, maybe the pedicab driver is going to be your new best friend. He should be. pedicab, the (laughs) Uber, Uber, Lyft, anybody. You're on two feet. Yes. Yeah. Um, there'll definitely be some walking. So. Yeah. But as you enter the club, you have to valet park. That's the one thing that you and right. and that will, the drive. valet parking, I believe, will start at ten thirty. For our sponsors, it starts when grounds open. So anybody who's got a sponsor parking pass or a non-member season ticket holder, when they come in, they all valet park. It's going to be special. What about some of the technological updates this year in terms of like tickets or like what's the best way to keep in touch with the tournament week of? Sure. Technology is um, some days I think it's my best friend and other days I do not feel like it's that way. But we are excited to bring you. I think we're maybe one of the last events in town to be going in this direction. We are doing digital ticketing this year. We did it for the event in September and it was successful. There's some, I think, some growing pains for everybody. You know, if you're in your later years, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not good with the phone. And I'm like, but you call and you text <laughs> everyone, so you can't be that bad. I've FaceTimed with people to get them set up on the app and make sure their tickets. But as soon as you do it the first time or two, you get it. It's very easy. We use AXS or Axis is the mobile app. It's the same one the Rockets use, the same one the Rodeo uses. So it's good that we're after the Rodeo. And a lot of people are getting their experience with that side of the digital ticketing world. So, And then outside of that, we honestly follow us on all of the social channels. Twitter gives you the quickest score updates. That's really where we keep it moving pretty quickly throughout the day. Instagram, Facebook, we're there and get back to people, whether that's how they get in touch with us or, or other. But the website has most up-to-date information as well with events and timing as the draw comes out. We're excited. We're announcing our player list tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Technology is your friend. Definitely keep in touch that way through whether it's your digital tickets or also through any and all social media channels. So. And then I guess, you know, like Barry said, as we kind of conclude looking back, I mean, Brahman, you've been in your role now for... 10 years? Uh, Well, I started with the tournament in 2007. So my first ATP event at River Oaks was 2008. So I've been in my current role since 2015. So it's weird to look back and see that first year I did it. (laughs) Speaking of digital ticketing, tickets were still in a Microsoft Excel-based spreadsheet. And so I literally had every ticket in the stadium in a column with the sessions underneath. And when I sold one, I had to go in and enter their name in and then rip it out of a paper ticket book when we got it back closer to the, I mean, it was painful. I remember going to my boss at the time saying, listen, (laughs) I'm going to keep this job. (laughs) We are going online with ticket sales. (laughs) This is, I can't do this. So to see from what we were then Mm -hmm. to where we've come now is, is pretty impressive. So, but even, you know, from a sponsorship side, UBS has been involved for a very long time and, such a good partner. You know, you guys have, whether it's stepped up in different ways, you know, are on the radar gun and things like that. There's always been a way to make sure that people continue to stay involved. And we, you guys are a testament to it. We have sponsor partners that have been with us the whole time and from before when it was not an ATP event. So it really is truly something that we, we can't do without. No, we're so happy to do it. What in your mind has changed most since you 
join? Because like you said, there's technology, there's more international <laughs> representation of players. It sounds like the caliber of playing continues to increase, but is there something that really sticks out to you? That's a good question. The ticketing one is really one because mm-hmm. I just so vividly, I mean, I would be in the office for hours after the end of a work day or your standard work day because I would listen to all my voicemails and write them down and then have to return them all the next day because I'm not going to call someone at seven o'clock at night in the middle of their dinner hour. I don't think we really knew what we were in for when we first did the merger and became an ATP event at the club. They were very used to having kind of that it just felt like it's a, good a River Oaks yeah, event. It's and, a good old boy. And now yeah. it, it truly has become an event for the community, for the tennis community as a whole, not just the club membership, which is which is great to see. You know, other clubs in town have embraced it, the general public. Really, anyone who plays tennis is coming out and watching it. And I think that transition from where we started to now to it truly being an event that the entire community embraces is something to see and something to be proud of. It's a great thing. Like Barry said earlier, it is a institutional event in town and we're we're happy to be bringing it back again you do have a lot to be proud of (laughs) thank you well thank you both for joining us i appreciate it our pleasure we are more than excited to to be coming out in the coming weeks 27 days it's coming it's gonna be here before you know it if you need a daily countdown it's on the website I yes, try to I avoid noticed it. That. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. Well, super. Well, thanks everyone for joining again. We've been joined today by Bronwyn Greer and Cynthia Adkins, my partner Barry Young. This is your host, Liz DeMontron, signing off. Thanks for listening. See everyone at the tournament, April 2nd. <laughs> <laughs>